1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant and the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves, flashing the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Hello and welcome to episode 117 of the 77 Club. Your pundits this week are Harry Mansell. Hello everyone. Jack Williams. Hello. And we're graced with the presence of Dan Bayliss, who is back. Hello, Wolves fans. Hey, where have you Sorry been, I've Dan? Been where away. have you been? Oh, a few bits and bobs. It started to pick up at work again, so I've, uh, I've had to be uh, towing the line and in the office. Yeah, strip clubs have reopened, of course. Uh, it's back to Europa <laughs> League action. Uh, a 1-0 win for Wolves. I mean, lads, I don't know if you're like me. Got no fingernails left. It was so tense. Uh, Harry, for you, what was it like? Was it, was it a good game of football for the neutral? It was very tense, but luckily, luckily we've got Pedence, so we, we got that. Hey. <laughs> nah, yeah. But I mean, from the, I was really nervous at the end, like I'm guessing most Wolves fans were, but I think the, the positive thing for me was how good we were the first 20, 20 minutes or so. Went 1 0 up. Then, obviously, which we'll get onto, I'm sure, VAR got us out of the hole for once. We finally had one go for us, but not the best of performances overall, but I don't care, man, because we're through. It wasn't the best performance, but to be fair, I wasn't as nervous as I think reading Twitter and places that a lot of the Wolves fans were. I was quite chilled with it because I think very different to the games against like um, Sheffield United and Burnley, where I was like on the edge of my seat. I knew that even if it went to 1-1, there'd still be extra time and we weren't going to just throw it away instantly. So for that reason, I wasn't quite as... as um, as on edge, but there were a few occasions, yeah, I agree, when they were absolutely all over us. And let's be honest, they should have scored. And the goal that they had disallowed, if I'm honest, I think it should have been allowed. I know we've had loads of them go against us go against us this season, but looking at that back, I'd have been quite happy to let that go without drawing lines on the pitch and saying, now nah, it's about level, you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. But all in all, somehow we dug in. But it's just strange how the game turned because, yeah, we started really brightly and by the end of it, we were just properly, properly hanging on. And... It was. It's worrying. Uh, Bayless, I'll just run through the team because there were a couple of changes. The Patricio in goal. Uh, Bolly, Cody, Sace, Doty, Neves, Martino, Johnny, Traore, Jimenez and Pedence. I mean, it's, would you say that's the strongest side that Nuno could put out if he wants to go and try and get sneak a win, at least? On, on, on current form, it definitely is. I think Jota has his spells where he's good and hot, but Pedence has now come into it and that is our strongest team. Obviously, we haven't got him for Sevilla. So that, that was a joke. Of option B. So it's, yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to the referee. Yeah. Let's talk about the game first because 
I can't even pronounce his name to start with. I mean, j- just just for the context of of it being a joke, it was because he left the field of play from the wrong place. Mm. He didn't take the shortest route off the p- field. Is why you got yellow card. Ironically, he is quite short, isn't he? <laughs> it's everywhere is a long way for him. It was because uh, he he'd already been booked twice, I think, in the Champions League. Um, so when he was playing actually for Olympiacos, ironically. What would you rate the uh, referee? Because I know um, a lot of us were talking on the group when we were watching it, saying I just can't believe how bad he is, even though all of the decisions seem to be going our favour. <laughs> well, looking at looking at the social media world, everyone seems to think every decision was going in Wolves' favour. Mm-hmm. I just thought the guy just blew hundreds of fouls. Agree. Anything that happened, foul. Yeah. It was like proper European style of refereeing where just, I think our guys started to learn by the end of it, particularly Jimenez and Cody in the last five minutes, they learned, they just threw, threw themselves on the floor, regardless of contact, and he's going to give a foul, and he did. He consistently did that. Yeah. It was, no matter how soft it was, foul, blow, foul, oh, yellow card, yellow card, yellow card. And it was just too much. No wonder the overseas market are not lining up to watch the Polish Premier League. Because <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to watch that every week. It was awful. And now Greek, but... <laughs> I mentioned just before we started recording that obviously I did my watch along and there was loads of Olympiacos fans in the chat and they were going absolutely mental about the referee. Obviously the VAR decision happened and then they were saying like every decision was going against them. So I think um, it's it's nice for it to go for us for once. But at the same time, I think a lot of Wolves fans have looked at it, mainly the VAR decision and been like, like Jack just said, it's onside, isn't it? They took how long? Was it four minutes they took to make that decision? Yeah. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? Get rid of that stupid system. Yeah. Well, I think we said before on this thing, any decision that takes that long means it isn't clear and obvious by default because it's taken four minutes to draw lines. And I'd have been, I would have had no problem if they'd scrapped the rule and that would have been a goal last night because I think that's fair enough. Doherty's played him on side. You can't be scrapping rules halfway through a season though, can you? No, you can't. No, you can't. But hopefully they will change it for next season. And I agree. I know people were saying it's probably the first one. No, it is the first one apart from... The sending off that was verified at Watford, it's the only one that's gone our way, I think, or was given to us at Watford. Um, mm. It's the only goal that's been disallowed for Wolves. Yes, yes, that's true. So, And it's It's 383 days today since we started our campaign of the 2019-2020 season. So over a year for us to get one in our favour. Which is just outstanding behaviour, isn't it? But it was the difference was Raul Jimenez's penalty uh, he scored all eight of the ones he's taken for Wolves in all competitions this season and uh, Harry we mentioned it before that Rabona was just filth yeah um, he, was, he worked really hard Raul I thought I thought he had a half decent game took his penalty well shout out to Pedence and as you mentioned that Rabona but I think you've said before ain't you Sam he don't like using his left foot does he he'd rather do a Rabona from 20 yards out than take a shot but if that had gone in I'd have done a backflip off my sofa and called someone and told them how good it was so yeah I'm glad he uh, I'll call someone (laughs) I'm glad uh, his penalties are mad in it the way he does it he makes it look so easy just looks at the keeper waits to see where they go and just pops it in the corner I can just imagine it now. Hi, Samaritan. How can we save your life? Oh, this Rabona, mate. Jump. It, this Rabona, give me a boner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just lower the tone, but I think the one person uh, that we need to give the most thanks to in the fact that we're still in the competition is Rui Patricio. Oh, okay. uh, Jack, we mentioned it on the podcast last week of, of his improvements, how he'd improved in pretty much every single area uh, of his game. And actually, against Olympiacos, we'd faced more shots than any other team at home this season, which is 16 shots. I mean, some of those 
saves that he was pulling off were world class. Yeah, they were battering us. And as you can tell by the subs they made, they were just absolutely going for it at the end, as you have to in sort of knockout football. And there were a few times where that header, when he got a free header in the middle of the box, not probably, what, eight, yeah. ten yards out in between Cody and Sace. And he, he pulls that off out of there. I mean, the defending was questionable, let's be honest. But we were holding on. But yeah, Patricio, without him, he was, what, man of the match last night, you think? Def- definitely, it's got to be, oh, hasn't he? Yeah. Got to be, got hasn't him. he? Yeah. I mean, Troy Troy didn't turn up. Couldn't be bothered. Um, Jimenez scored the goal, but um, I think the thing actually about Jimenez last night, the thing that impressed me the most was his when we were trying to time waste, how well he kept the ball holding yeah. up from yeah. like throw-ins and stuff. They gave it to him mm-hmm. straight away, and he's so hard to get the ball off, which is really useful in these sort of situations. But yeah, Patricio man of the match uh, by a long way. Dan Adama Traore, is it a bad game or is his head been turned? Greasy arms. Did you see that picture? did have greasy arms. They are probably greasy, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they're greasy enough so you can't get held. Yeah. <laughs> that made yeah. me laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's what we think it is, anyway. <laughs> I I personally prefer him as an impact player, as the impact sub that comes on. Mm. But he has had a couple of bad ones. I, the guy is built for moments of brilliance, not for 90 minutes of football. I, I see nothing wrong with chucking him on at 65 minutes to say, go on, son, change the game. Mm. I think that was one of his worst performances this season by a long way I mean he was just not at the races he couldn't hold the ball up he just fell over a few times when he got it and you thought he was free and I don't know whether do you remember that moment that he was through and their centre back one of the big lads absolutely paced him either he either we need to sign him because he's that quick or he (laughs) was having an off day but seriously we did look to Jack we looked to it was that Cissé the one that Mm. had the goal disallowed I think we looked to buy him I think he'd be a great signing personally yeah uh, yeah you'd rather like Bailey said you would probably rather bring him on but when he does start well saying that can you think of a game where he started and he's been absolutely unreal I'm struggling to think actually he does grow into the games doesn't he usually and starts uh, whipping the balls in but on the other hand Jota comes on and he he had that big chance didn't he where he was gifted a chance and tries to do it's so weird when Jota's in that sort of mood where he just like just like runs into the keeper or runs into a defender and that's the sort of mood he was in last (laughs) night so maybe start Jota and then bring Traore on as an impact player again well we know Pedence is out don't we in the next tie so maybe we'll see both of them start I guess well did you um did you hear the commentator when he went off say that Traore had a good game really that's a reputation I don't know whether she watched the same game of football she did yeah and it was like Everyone was just yeah, thinking was he's watched Troy all season. No, he hasn't done well. He's been taken off because he's just off the pace. He can't hold the ball up. He can't run past anybody. He keeps falling over. That's why. So, that'd be Neto should have been screaming out to get on the pitch last night, to be honest. And he probably yeah. will now. Podence is, is a suspended. But Jota as well, man. Jota just what? Jota should oh. be finishing those chances. If it was on FIFA, oh, yeah. he'd have put that in. No brainer. <laughs> and for some reason, he's, he's just he's thinking too much about how, where he's going to put it and just runs into the keeper. And their keeper, their keeper is one of the dodgiest players that I think I've seen oh. at, at Molyneux in a while or seen on TV. Yeah, but you messaged that and on the group. You put that on the group saying dodgiest keeper, then he oh, went yeah, absolutely come on, you should be, in your words, you should be peppering him because he was just not confident at Do all. Do you know that goal Raul scored when the keeper like dropped it or missed it? I didn't think that was a foul. Remember, it, it, for the... No, I didn't think... It, it I, I can't remember who collided with the keeper, but... It was Bolly. Bolly, yeah, but like, Bolly just jumps keeper. up. The keeper like jumps into Bolly, goes to catch it, completely misses it, and then Raul puts it away. And at first view, to be fair to the referee, it did look like a foul. But on the replay, that was one of them where that could have been given as a goal on another day. Was flapping we haven't yeah. said, actually. Yeah. What do we think about the... Because um, it's one of those, the uh, penalty we got. Do we think it's definitely a foul? I think, it was a, I think it was 100%. Oh, Stonewall. On, on, on yeah. first viewing, I thought, yeah. His elbow comes out. His elbow comes out and it's him in on the back. On first viewing, I thought definitely. 
but then I watched it back a few times. I'm like, eh, maybe from a few angles, it does look a bit soft. But a lot of the um, Olympiacos fans were claiming they should have had two penalties. Two? Um, no. Yeah, no. They, they were like, I don't think they were just being. They were soft. They had so much go against them. Yeah, I think they were like just calling for everything after the uh, VAR and that. But yeah, and Johnny as well. Johnny might be injured for the next leg, hadn't he? He went off yeah. after like 20 minutes, which is worrying. There was a notable difference, wasn't there, defensively yeah. between Vanagro. I mean, we said it all for the last two seasons, haven't we, that you know Vanagro is nowhere near uh, as defensively minded or as probably good as Johnny defensively. And you can definitely tell the difference. But does it, does it concern you for the next round, Harry? You know, Sevilla, they are the masters of that competition. Well, it's, it's got to concern you because as much as I love Vanagre, especially going forward, he's brilliant and he's got such a good future ahead of him. There is times when he starts left wing back, we can look vulnerable defensively. There's no doubt about it, especially down the right. Tottenham springs to mind when, um, I forget, he slips my mind now, but that right back for them skinned him a few times and got a goal on that day. So yeah, if Johnny is injured and it looked like ligaments or something, didn't it? The way he went down, he kind of like twisted it as he fell. So 100%, we need Johnny in there against a team as good as them, definitely. I mean, when you look at them, they finished on the same points in La Liga as Atletico Madrid. Mm. <laughs> Only missed out on third spot on goal difference. Well, I watched a bit of the no game last night. Certainly. I watched a bit of the um, the the Roma Seville game, Roma. and yeah, they looked good. They looked very, very good going forward, as in scarily good. Even though when Roma were trying to press them on the counter, they looked they looked dangerous, man. Like this is this is the game. I, I fear these more than Man United now and I know Man United think they've won the competition already but if we lose to these they should fear Seville as well I think. I think any, you, you have to don't you? I mean those stats don't lie. I mean I think La Liga I, I would personally say it's a weak league in terms of the whole league but in terms of the top probably five in La Liga you're probably looking at the best league in the world would you strong, say? They're strong teams at the top yeah. Yeah. I mean based on the fact that you know Atletico knocked out Liverpool who arguably been the you know they have been the best team in the Premier League this season. Champions League. The only problem, the only problem with La Liga is you've got fifteen gimmies a year. <laughs> yeah, well, it comes down to to beating each other, doesn't it? Beating yeah. the teams around you, which I know is a, the classic thing to say, isn't it? When you want to go for titles. <laughs> but, um, back on the game, you know, that apart from us winning, you know what the highlight was, don't you? Go on. Anyone? No. Nuno falling over. Did you see that? Yeah, I'll get an absolutely wide Sam, it reminded me of when we was in the Swan and I fell off that stool. Bit of an inside <laughs> joke. That, well, no I can't believe knows. I missed that. I heard it, but I missed it, and it was. He took it so well, though, Nuno, didn't he? He got up like and he was like, "Don't matter, don't matter." Yeah, because the greatest, it's the funniest pissed thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I literally put your pipe down. You went to sit on the oh. chair. The chair was about a yard from you, and you just hit the edge of it and went. I thought you were talking about Nuno then, not me. Yeah, mine was bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it means that we have reached. Uh, uh, first European quarterfinals for the first time since 1972 uh, beaten finalists that year of course against Tottenham in the UEFA Cup but it has the big boys talking here's Jason Cundy on Talk Sport I've just ordered a Sevilla shirt on eBay <laughs> for next next. I don't get, I don't understand and Wolves fans shouldn't take this personally no you should you should, right? you should. well okay we'll take it personally I don't want Wolves winning the Europa League. Okay, it's quite simple. It's not difficult for me to, to explain this, or people should be able to understand it. If Wolves were to win this competition, it puts them in a, in a very different position as a threat to my club, Chelsea. 
They hold on to, to, to a lot of their players. They hold on to their manager. Who, who knows what might happen between now and the start of the season? Football's a, an industry that things can change. Their bigger Not only that, it puts them in a position where they they have they have. I would say deep pockets, not the deepest, but they have pocket. You know, they, they can go out and, and have and, connections as well. Right? They can imagine that what Wolves might look like next season if they were to win the Europa League and have Champions League football. I don't want to see that Wolves, and as an Arsenal fan, neither should you, because they are a threat to the top six. Okay, they didn't quite make it this year; they finished seventh. And so any Spurs fan listening this shouldn't want them. Any, any Everton fan, and, and do you know what? Any fan <laughs> of a side in the Premier League that Wolves can actually potentially overtake or threaten. Mm. So that my, my argument is quite simple: I don't want, I want Wolves out of it. I want Man United out of it. And as soon as they are, the better for me. It's as simple as that. So there you go, the big boys are talking about us. You love to hear it, don't you, Harry? I do, but at the same time, it makes me real, makes me even more good that we didn't sneak in in the league to the top four because he's right in what he's saying. And a lot of fans kind of reacted to that clip negative online, but he's really praising Wolves, really, isn't he? Of course. I know yeah, he's saying, obviously, you don't want Wolves to get in there, but it shows we're a threat. And I think I think all the, the, the top clubs are kind of looking at Wolves thinking, Jesus, like he's just said, and a lot of fans, and I think a lot of fans don't like to admit it, but... He has got a point, but at the same time, if we do get knocked out next round and we do let a couple of our stars go, then what? But I don't know if um, the point of him about the money spending that with today's news that we're going to talk about in a bit that uh, Spears broke earlier about the financial fair play law we broke with the European thing. I don't know about the spending, but yeah, very, very good compliment. And he's got a point, hasn't he? Because we could be a force. Bayliss, you've listened to it a couple of times now. What are your thoughts? I think for a team that had a particularly Week to average end to the season. We're living in the red rent free. It's great. <laughs> great. We're in, we're in Cundy's head rent free. Jack, is it about time that people started talking about Wolves in that way? Let's see if we beat Seville and Man United. <laughs> then, then maybe. maybe you have to bring can. it down, don't you? But, Every time. <laughs> without fail. We were, we were bang average oh. towards the end of our season. We were... We were bang average towards the end of the. Yeah, the I agree. We we're a very mixed bag, aren't we? We're a, we're one of those teams since the restart who we've done the opposite of what we did previously. I think where we've beaten the rubbish down the bottom, but then not performed against the teams at the top. When last season yeah. it was the other way I, around. I think we've got to reinvest. We've got to bring in two or three to really challenge. But onto Jason Cundy, I, I'm not that fussed really. I think he's got a point. I don't. I know a lot of Wolves yeah. fans took offence to it. I think I he's think right. Like, yeah, let him. He's fair enough. It, it could. It could um, eventually long term challenge the the top six club I mean it's, it's hard to say Arsenal top six club when they finish below us and we finish seventh but you get my point As, um, <laughs> sorry sorry to put in I know we didn't mention I know we've moved on a little bit but was you not surprised at how negative the reaction was online even though we went through last night I was shocked yeah. when I went on Twitter to see a, a large portion of Wolves fans really annoyed about our performance last night and if you know couldn't say we might win the Europa or we've got a chance to a lot of Wolves fans were saying, well, if we play like that, we've got no chance at all, which I agree with, but it just shocked me the fact we'd gone through and the negative st- stuff I was seeing online really, really shocked me. It's as if we like lost, <laughs> as it was some people were Given saying. Given where we are, Harry, and what we've achieved today, getting to the quarterfinal is a, is a big It is, it really we is. Very yeah. happy, we should be very pleased with that. We have got the we can beat big teams. I think that's the issue, is we know that we can go to places like Man City, Man United, Arsenal and go and get mm. results. So there is that sort of semi-expectation of Wolves being able to go and do a team on the night. 
Now, it's a big ask to do after playing football for over 12 months solid. Yeah. That's very I think, I think the worry now is, like I just said, is everyone knows we can do that, but since the restart, we haven't looked like we can go and beat Man City. That's the point. And yeah. these sort of teams. So we could turn up against Seville. And I think oh, another thing that kind of annoys me is people just think Olympiacos are rubbish. They're not... They're not rubbish at That's all. They, 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 yeah. They're not a bad outfit. They're not. They're not. They out. pissed the Greek league. They pissed the Greek league. They knocked Arsenal out. So they're not, they're not rubbish. They're in the Champions League and gave Spurs all sort of problems. But like so, Olympiakos, a kind. Of, it was kind of like a, going into the both legs. It was kind of like a 50-50 tie for me. Whereas if we get Man United or even the next round against Sevilla, like it's we are the underdogs. So. That could suit us, but Olympiacos worries me war- worried me more weirdly because you know what Wolves are like with classic. If we go into a tie where we're slightly the favourites or, you know, it's a bit 50-50, you never know what you're going to get. We can just be a dead rubber or we can just get the job done like we did against Olympiacos. Put us up against Man United in the Definitely. FA Cup quarters at once. We absolutely fly. Yeah, do you know what I mean? We are on fire. Yeah, we could it could it. happen. It could happen. I think, Harry, just on your point of what the reaction was like on Twitter. I think it was so raw on obviously the emotion after the game. It's all, always like an, an echo chamber. Everything's elevated a lot. Uh, I think it's just because it was tense. I think all it comes down it to was, was yeah. because people were put through the mill because you didn't, you know, it looked like they were going to score. How they didn't score, I'll never know because I thought it's, it's coming. It's definitely coming. And, you know, it's, it's nerves. And then I think the release of that pressure just came out on social media going, more like, please don't put me through that on Tuesday because I can't do it for another three games, potentially. Um, but, you know, you've got to be in it to win it. We're still in it, so therefore we can, can we, win it. Can we talk about the really sad point? The really, really sad bit of all this? We can't go. in class would it be in getting on a plane to Seville? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no. Like, oh my God. It, like, one of the dream ties. Yeah. One of the ones we all spoke about when we this first started up. Where do you want to go? Yeah. What sort of team do you want to play against? And we've bloody got it. Someone asked me the other day, they said, what's been your highlight of the season? I think there's expecting people like, oh, the, definitely the two wins over Man City. It's been the few away trips we've been on in Europe. It was, so, yeah. it was so good. Cheering. Cheering's going to top It's the best game we'll ever go on. Yeah. It was, it and it's a bad. shame we're not going to see us lift the trophy if we do. It's going to be bittersweet, isn't it? <laughs> it's bittersweet getting as far as we have anyway, not be able to kind, go. Kind so. of what I want to do, though, is I just hope we win this now and just hope and pray that we get in the Champions League and then we can go. Because that'll just make up yeah. for it, wouldn't it? Even if we get knocked out in the group, we get three good away ties. It'd be like brilliant. Well, yeah, exactly. You're going to bigger and better stadiums and more chance of getting a ticket and all that sort of thing that comes with it. Um, but financial fair play out today, uh, Friday, uh, reaching a settlement with UEFA over breaching FFP. And I think the basics of it is Wolves made £27 million loss, um, which is restricted to this season, which is impacting on um, players which... Um, have to be sold or whatever. Um, now we've got a break even by 2021, uh, despite making a profit this season. So I think it's basically flagging it to UEFA. UEFA going, okay, well, this is the deal. Then you write a check because you've overspent classic UEFA. Mm. And, and it's as you matter, does it? No, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because when you see a Man City, you can overspend by millions and millions <laughs> yeah. and millions. All you've got to do is write a check for 10 million quid and you're you're all rosy. So I, I guess it doesn't From really matter. From what I, uh, I mean, like we said, didn't we earlier? I don't even think Tim Spears got what it meant because I didn't when I was reading it. But I think what it means really is we've got to slightly worry we might have to sell now to get that. Is it like a target? You can't lose so much. But I think we yeah. didn't we make a profit of twenty million or something? Yeah, twenty million. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, what is it? Twenty-three man squad and a fine that we could just 
you know, pay that easily, won't they? So I guess Nuno likes small squads anyway. So if we do get in the Champions League, oh well. (laughs) Well, European football is worth so much that, you know, it's going to look like you've made a profit if all of a sudden getting into Europa League gets you 140 million like Mm. Arsenal are going to get by by winning the FA Cup. It's classic rubbish from UEFA. It's, you know, go out, catch the snitch, score a try. Pay you ten million. Don't you think it came out of nowhere as well? There was no rumblings about this story anywhere, was there? It just literally just dropped out of nowhere just before we started recording. This yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a nothing story. It's a it's a nothingness. It is a little bit like because a, it's not even the end of a financial year, is it? So, like, if Wolves wanted to level the books, I'm sure they can do something to do it. I'm sure these football clubs have got clever enough. Like Saladama and Raul, then they've leveled the books. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's the easiest way of doing it. Just do it the Man City way. Just sell Molyneux from <laughs> Foson to Foson Incorporated for a gazillion pounds and we've generated a gazillion pounds of revenue. Easy. Yeah, have Foson as a shirt sponsor. Everyone's a winner. Mm. So, can't be bad. Um, one other story that I wanted to talk about was the uh, EFL salary cap and I imagine... It will only be a matter of time. I don't know if it's going to be years or decades until uh, it goes into the Championship and, uh, of course, the Premier League. But Leagues 1 and 2 have agreed squad salary caps in a bid to to help them be more sustainable as they deal with the financial impact of coronavirus. So basically what's been agreed is a cap of £2.5 million and that's by a vote of League 1 clubs. In League 2, the cap's been fixed at £1.5 That comes into effect immediately. Um, does it mean there's a maximum salary? I hear you asking. No, it doesn't. Clubs are welcome to pay individual players what they want. It's a bit similar, I think, to the rugby because you could, of course, pay uh, your highest paid player one and a half million pounds, but the rest are going to be volunteering. <laughs> and uh, the, the cap, you know, it is so vital, isn't it, Dan? We talk about money and football. It's just. I think it's think, sad. Well, I think this is sad. I think this is sad for teams like Portsmouth and. Is it bad Sutherland. for them, though? Why would it be bad for them? I think every club should have the opportunity to reach the holy grail of the premiership and this is making it more difficult for them we know one thing this, would ne- this won't happen at the top level no chance surely no. can't it'd be the end of the English football yeah. league end of English football everybody's got the cap what do you Everyone know, do we know the cap. well I suppose we don't know what the cap is but I think the only people it does, one and a half million will, for league um, two and two and a half million I wonder what we were paying one. when we were in league one yeah that's one. the point if we'd have been in league one now if we say we yeah. double relegated well would we be able to spend the money we did back then? I've just done some Maybe very, not, very but... quick maths on my phone. And based on a 25-man squad, if you have a 25-man squad and you spend two and a half million in wages, that's still a hundred grand a year per player. So it's not a lot a week. It's not a lot a week, no. But again, you're in League One. Let's not forget, you're not you're not Neymar. The highest paid player league in League One is on so, no more than ten grand a week. Yeah. So you're, the best, you're, you're talking, you can never out pretty let's well. Have to, let's have to remember that Meza Ozil gets up in the day, takes his dog for a walk, <laughs> yeah, comes home, problem. puts the telly on, doesn't go training and makes more money than Yeah, that. but that's the problem, isn't it? Is, is, that, is that not the problem? Arsenal make redundant 55 people this week and they're writing a cheque for Aubameyang for an extra 100 grand a week. The local, I'm so sorry it slips my mind right now, but is it Darleston down the road from Man City have just gone bust? I can't remember their yes. name, sorry, but... Man, you know the money Man City have got, and then their local non-league team down the road or whatever they were have gone completely bust. There's something wrong with football when that's happening. Isn't there? Like, yeah, I think they've done it the wrong way though. I think stopping teams being able to progress through spending money that's, in all fairness, small fish, small fish in a big pond. How does that stop progression though? If you put a wage cap on everybody, because you want the you want the right teams coming up, and I don't think it's right to say to Sunderland, who are way bigger than I don't know Fleetwood Town. I don't think it's right to say to Sunderland, right, you can only pay your players the same that we can pay at Fleetwood. 
when Sunderland should really be a championship to Premier League team. The issues with the Premier League players like Ozil, like Aubameyang, the Premier League need to have a look at themselves because what Arsenal have done is disgusting, quite frankly. So you think it should be an unlimited amount of wages that will solve the problem of sustainability? In League, in league 1 and 2, it's, not, it's never going to be unlimited, is it? They're never going to pay someone 350 grand a week in League 1. Why not? But I think it's the bigger issue is paying people too much money in the Premier League or looking at how Premier League fo- money is then filtered down through the system. I think that's the issue. Not capping League One and Two clubs, but isn't isn't that the start? Because a lot of them will just go bust if there's not a cap in place. Because if you if you don't get promoted, then you go bust. Yeah, a lot of people do gamble, don't they? Away, but you've got to gamble. You've got to gamble to go up. We we took the gamble. Villa took the gamble. You, that's football. Football is a multi multi million pound sport, and that that money's got to be spent to keep it going. But I don't think limiting teams progressing is a, is the right way to do it. How does it limit teams progressing if everybody has a wage cap? I think the, the point Sam's trying to make is it probably will stop more teams going bust when it in the future. Because owners who do come in and try and break the bank to try and get promoted from League 1 and League 2 probably won't be able to spend silly money. I don't think that's much solace for a Sunderland fan that's had to watch that shit for three do, years. Do but they haven't really done well, do, have Hang on, wait there. Do, do you think, so Dan... They do not spend that much money, though. Dan, that much money. do you think that Sunderland should be in the Championship because they're Sunderland? They should have the opportunity to come back up. Didn't they spend three million on Danny Gray? Oh, they spent one. So they no. Have. It was a uh, Will Grigg. Will, Will Grigg. Grigg. Sorry, Will Grigg. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. So they have uh, they have splashed silly money at that level. I just don't understand. Like, if you have salary caps in rugby, it works in rugby. It makes it a more level playing oh, field. Complete, I don't get. I don't get how you, how you are saying sport, completely different sport. That's the top level of the sport. I don't understand how by capping leagues one and two, you're. It won't affect the Premier League and it no, won't affect no, but the it's Championship. Not, it, that's not the point, is it? It's making the club sustainable is the point. Yeah, but there's a difference between sustainable and competitive. And I would much rather go and watch a competitive football team than a sustainable one. Well, it just, it just brings players' if wages Wolves, down. If Foson leave Wolves, there's a good chance Wolves could go bust. Do I care? No. We've had the trips abroad. <laughs> you, you wouldn't care if Wolves went bust. <laughs> I think you would. No. What? <laughs> you just completely, you've just completely contradicted yourself. So we nearly went bust when the batty bought it. I mean, the batty brother. No, <laughs> yeah, I would rather us have our chance at our day in the sun going around Europe. That's what Sunderland have had. That's what you've just said is a big problem that they're not in the Championship yeah. or the Premier League. But Wolves could go bust, and then we have to build our way back up. But it's going to be a damn sight harder with a cap on players in League Two and so One. You, to come oh, back so up. you're up for buying success? Damn fucking right I am. That's how <laughs> you do what it. Doing, that's literally <laughs> how. Money? That's literally well, how I'm football asking. works. Yeah, that yeah, and that, what, yeah, what works. I'm saying is, is that sustainable? And the answer is no. No, but I right, don't think well, you should stop the teams down the bottom being able to achieve that success. Did clubs vote on this, Sam? Do we know? Do we know? Yeah. If, like, they did vote on it, yeah? Yeah. It's because of the coronavirus and that, isn't it? They're all like, yeah. they're all yeah, dying. They, their money's going to be But like I still think that a better way to do it is to take that TV money from the Premier League and all the sponsorship money from the Premier League. What if they go and play players? 350 grand a week with all the money that they've yeah, got from the I Premier League, which is exactly what the Premier League has done with the money from Sky. No, because you can caveat that that money can't be spent on players. The losers are the League One and Two level players, and it if they they're going to be missing out because they're not going to get big wages. Your stars at that level are obviously not going to get more as much money now as they probably would have when they were in a cap. So the last the last TV deal that Sky signed with the Premier League was worth five billion pounds. If a billion pounds went into League One, Bayless. And not to be fair on players, paying. just to make what, sure what clubs mean? can keep going. Because there's only, a, there's only a small number of clubs that struggle. Like, they, they do struggle. Putting, you mean putting a, uh, rules in place so that they can't spend the money? Yeah, of course. On, like, like a salary cap, for example. No, not a salary cap. That's what it keep is. The, keep the clubs being able to run themselves. Make sure that they're organisations that can still keep going. A transfer but if a cap. Big clubs, but if a big 
clubs got money and they want to go up and they want to go from I don't know Crawley tries to do it or Sunderland were using this example or Port, say Portsmouth had another change of owner and that owner said right we want Portsmouth to be back in the Premier League it, what, what, I don't what think there should be anything that should stop them being able to do that so they should be able to pay players as much as they want in order to do that yeah, but no one's ever done it in terms of right let's go and buy a Bamiyang to go and play at Blackpool well what's stopping that without a wage cap yeah. But I, I do think, uh, just happen. jumping in there for Dan, I do think at the same time, clubs like Sunderland, they can get 40000 for a home game in League One. And that's a massive revenue stream, not to mention Netflix royalties. God knows how much they're making off of that. <laughs> so, so should, should they, they not be able Netflix to spend more of that revenue than Burton Albion? So I think there is kind of a... And eventually then you've got 40,000 fans who are thinking we're putting our money in and into this club and we're not seeing the same on the pitch because our players are at the same level as the clubs who are... But at the not same time, Jack, it's not Burton Albion's fault that the ex-Sunderland owners have run an absolute shit show and put them in League One, is it? So. No, but let's not just say Sunderland as an example, but for other clubs who have massive gates but are in League One, should they not be able to use that to their advantage? But without a salary cap in place, you end up with a Bamiyang being paid 350 grand a week. I'm a firm believer, call me a lefty, whatever, is that you're the, the main highest paid person in any business should be paid no more than 10 times what the lowest is. Fine, but then we need to be doing that at the Premier League level, not at Leagues One and no, Two. No, what I'm saying where is, the money is, isn't. is this not the 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 litmus test for seeing if it works? Yeah, but even if it does work, though, Sam. Let's be no. honest. With the money involved in the Prem, it's never getting to the Prem. Is it a cap? Never. I think what it might what it might lead to is teams coming up from League One into the Championship and being entirely uncompetitive, and then having to spend way over their means to try and compete at the Championship mm. level, and then standing more chance of going bust. So then you need a wage cap in the championship in the Premier League well that's not going to happen and then that's the death of the English Football League no it's but but why is it because all the other countries will go ah we'll pay you half a million quid cheers thanks yeah. come here we'll watch you on telly yeah. we'll watch China, you on telly China tried to do it they've introduced a wage cap Russia tried to do it they introduced a wage cap everybody goes you're trying you're trying to attack the world's best players and that's fine and, and that's great but I for one would rather watch the Premier League with players who aren't multi-million stars that don't give a shit, than watching... You just think you think if there's a salary cap in the Premier League, that the quality of it would completely diminish. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it would. The even, the, it. even in the Championship, the Championship is like, what, the sixth most rich league in Europe or something like that? So even bringing it at that level would be dangerous because you've seen the, the salaries now that... Um, and the transfer fees in the Championship, you can play 20 million quid for a, a player to play in the Championship who's on a massive amount of money every week so yeah I, I don't think we can it might not be right or just but we keep turning up and bloody watching it because it's the best football in the world it is that's the, unfortunately it is we want to watch the best football in the world and that's what we get in the Premier League well we'll uh, we'll leave that well back. at least we turned it into an actual podcast <laughs> <after 20 minutes laughs> to talk about two games everyone's turned off <laughs> we'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell see ya Jack Williams goodbye and Dan Bayliss See you in Seville. And it's a goodbye for me. <laughs> See you in the 77 Club. The Wolves Podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network.